Well, good morning again. We're so glad that you've joined us for worship this first Sunday of Advent. And doesn't this sanctuary look beautiful? Yeah. And I thank the Altar Guild and all the volunteers who are involved in decorating this, this place for Christmas. It is, it is beautiful. I want to thank uh, Reverend Nikki for lifting up uh, the pledge campaign again. Count me in. I know it's officially over, but unofficially it's not. You know what I mean? So we're 82% uh, there, and we're almost to the finish line. And so those of you who have pledged, thank you so much for that. But if you haven't, please do so as soon as you can. We appreciate that. It's because of your gifts that this church is able to be the church that we're called to be. So thank you so much for that. Uh, Let us be in an attitude of prayer together. Eternal God, we do thank you for the the gift of another Sunday, but especially this first Sunday of Advent, the most sacred of seasons, reminding us of so much of you and your nature, Lord, and who you really are. And Lord, now you have given to me the amazing privilege and responsibility of preaching your word to these, my friends and your servants, Lord, a task, my gosh, Lord, I always need your strength in order to do. So, Lord, please speak to me and through me in such a way today that all of us receive a word from you that will make a difference to our lives. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. I recall some time ago, some years ago, in another church that I served leading the Christmas Eve service. And we got to what is, for most people, the favorite part of the service. It's why 95% of people come to Christmas Eve. Can you guess? to light the candles, and to sing Silent Night. And of course, it was my job as we began, as I had my candle lit, to light the first candle in the congregation. And I got to the first candle, the first row on the left side, and there she was, a middle-aged lady in the church that I knew fairly well who had just lost her husband. There was an empty space beside her. And she lifted up her candle for me to light it, and I tried to light it, I tried to light it, I tried, it just would not light. And finally, she looked at me and she said, just stop, stop, it fits. I feel like, Pastor, my light has completely gone out. And maybe that's how you feel this time of year. Maybe it's because of a marriage issue, some kind of conflict at work, maybe it's because of uh, some kind of issue in your own life, whether whether you've lost a loved one. But for some reason, this time of year, you are sad. You are in the dark. And as everyone is singing, it's the most wonderful time of the year, you're thinking to yourself and in your heart, it's the most miserable time of the year for me. Church, I know I don't need to tell you that for many people, it's not always merry and bright this time of year. Suicide rates go up this time of year. People get lonelier this time of year. People fall back into addictions this time of year. So even though there are twinkling lights and there is Merry Christmas and there is joy to the world playing everywhere and there are decorations, there are many people who are absolutely in the dark. And sometimes it's bad holiday memories that cause this. You know, many years ago, John Denver wrote a song that wasn't as popular But it's an interesting title and a very interesting song for the holidays. It was simply titled, Please Daddy, Don't Get Drunk This Christmas. And it was a song 
It was very personal to Denver because it was the time he was eight years old and his daddy came home Christmas Day drunk and fell and the Christmas tree fell over with him. And so he wrote this song and he said, please, daddy, don't get drunk this Christmas and make mommy cry. Obviously, that song didn't sell as many uh, records as his other hit songs, but it's an all too familiar situation and experience for many people today, especially during this season. So the question today is, what is the word from the Lord? Maybe you can resonate with what I'm saying and you barely made it to church this morning, but you're here, but you're having a blue Christmas so far. You're, you feel like you're in the dark. No matter what you're faced with, you're always in the dark. So what's the word of the Lord? Is there any hope? I believe there is. This morning, I believe God gives us hope through the prophet Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 40. I'm going to read to you selected verses, and this is what it says. Listen closely. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the wilderness a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up. Every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall become level. The rugged places a plain. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. And all humankind together will see it. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. And then verse 11, feel this verse. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers his lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. Are you in pain today? Are you in the dark this very season? This is the message of hope for you. God wants to bring comfort to you and wants to bring you hope. And maybe you yearn for that hope today and you're saying, Well, Pastor Charlie, that's the kind of hope. That's what I need. I need hope. Because I've lost a loved one this year. And it hurts. And I think of all the memories of Christmas, and, and Charlie, I don't know if I could get through the Christmas season without this person in my life. It hurts, and I get it. You know, I came across an interesting quote the other day, which I think says it all. It says, grief is not the sign of weakness or a lack of faith. Grief is the price of love. Isn't that the truth? And I can feel that today with you. Because I lost my father at a very young age. And every Christmas that comes around, I miss him. Oh, how I miss him, church. And I especially miss the fact that he never got to see my son Paul. Especially at Christmas. And it hurts. And there is a hole there. And there is a, a darkness there. But maybe for others of you in worship today, it has something to do with a battle you're dealing with in your own life. Some kind of conflict in your marriage. Some kind of work issue. And you're wondering, is there a word from the Lord? There is a word from the Lord today, and it is through the text in Isaiah. God wants to bring you comfort and wants to bring you hope. So this morning, what I want to do is I want to unwrap the gift of hope this Christmas. Because ironically, so often when we get to the season of Advent, we just don't take time to simply reflect on what the season of Advent really means about the nature of Almighty God. And I believe for many of you today, what I'm about to share is going to bring you great hope. Those of you who are in hopeless situations and you think you're never going to get out of it, I believe this word today is going to bring you hope. But I also believe this, because I know there are others of you in worship today who grew up in ultra-conservative households, 
And every time you left church, you felt beat up. You felt just totally in the dumps because of what the preacher said or what happened in church. You felt God was a divine, angry judge. Well, today's message is going to be different. I come to bring you hope. You can have hope, I believe, because Advent means, Christmas means, and hear me, that God cares about you. Turn to your neighbor and say, God cares about you. Turn to your other neighbor and say, God cares about you. And it's true. From that text from Isaiah, what a powerful text. The Lord was speaking to the Israelites who were wandering in the wilderness and they were suffering and they thought their suffering was never going to end. They truly thought they would never find a home again. And the Lord spoke to the prophet boldly, don't you worry, I have not forgotten about you. You will find a home. And then John the Baptist takes this text in the season of Advent and says to all of us today that God is providing a way back to him in the person of Jesus Christ. I'll tell you this, church, over and over again in Scripture, the message is the same. God cares about broken people. Are you broken today? God cares about you. Did you feel that image in verse 11? One of my favorite verses in Scripture where it says that that God gathers His lambs and keeps them close to His heart. If there is not a message you receive today, I want you to receive that. Whatever you're experiencing today in this season, God carries you close to His heart and wants to bring you hope. You know, my son Paul loves this train set that he got a few years ago that we usually put around the base of the Christmas tree. We haven't put it out yet because, quite honestly, it's a pain in the rear to put together, but I'm going to get there. How many of you have Christmas trees up at your house already? Yeah. And Paul reminds me every day, when are we going to put the train up? When are you gonna put... I will do it, Paul. But he loves that train. And when I finally put it together, he loves to run that train around and around and around and around and around and around and around. And sometimes he runs it a little too fast and it derails. And so often when that happens, what he does is he, he tries to put it on the track like, why don't it go on? Why won't it go on? He tries to do it from above, clank, 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 and it won't run. And I say, Paul, you have to be gentle with it. And Paul, you you can't do it from above. You have to get beside it and under it and carefully put the the wheels back on the track. You see, watch daddy. And And I get down on the ground under the tree and I look under the train and I put it carefully back on the track. That's what Christmas means. God comes down beside us in the person of Jesus Christ. To repair our broken lives. God could not do it from above. He had to come beside us. That's how much he cares about us. Do you feel like your life is a wreck? Do you feel off track today? Do you feel broken today? Well, the message of Christmas and Advent is this. God can repair your broken life in Jesus Christ. And God can resurrect what you've lost. Because uh, I know so often for people who are in the dark this time of year, you often feel that you're never going to get back what was so sacred to you at one time. 
There was a time you felt joy and there was a time you felt peace and there was a time you felt hope and you think in your mind and heart, you're never going to get it back. Well, the message of Advent is this. God can resurrect what you've lost in the person of Jesus Christ. You can have hope. Advent means that God cares about you, but Advent also means this, that God understands you. You can have hope. No matter who you are and what you've experienced, God understands you. Do you ever get up one day and and you think, does anybody really understand me? Does anybody really know me? Does anybody really see me? Maybe you're going through some suffering today in your life and, and you think to yourself, I'm the only one, I think, who's going through this. I feel like, I'm, I'm just separated from the rest of the world and I feel like I'm the only one who can understand what I'm going through. You know what Advent really means? It comes from the Latin Adventus, which means coming, to come. It means God and Jesus Christ became, came to the earth to be human, to understand us. Richard Selzer is a, is a surgeon at Yale Medical Center, and he wrote a profound book entitled Mortal Lessons. And in that book, he tells of the time when he had to remove a tumor from a, a lady's mouth, and in removing it, he had to, to cut a tiny facial nerve, and it rendered her paralyzed, her mouth paralyzed, and her mouth a little twisted. And so in the book, he talks about headed, he was headed towards the hospital room to, to tell this news to his patient. And when he got to the room, he stood beside her bed, and on the other side of the bed was her husband, and he, he said to himself silently, who are these people? And who is this, what is this mouth I have created? And the lady looked up, the doctor, Dr. Selzer, and said, Doctor, will my mouth always be like this? He said, yes, I'm so sorry. To get that tumor out, I had to cut this tiny nerve. I had to do it. And the husband looked down and said, I don't know. I think it's kind of cute. And Dr. Selzer said, and at that moment, I realized who they were. This man was a revelation from God because I watched as he bent down and twisted his mouth to kiss hers to make sure she always knew that their kiss would always work. At Christmas, God twists his divine presence to to kiss our needy souls. So we will know once and for all that He understands us. God Almighty emptied Himself of all of His glory and became one of us to make sure it would always work. Our faith, unlike any other, dares to claim that God Almighty, the Maker of the heavens and the earth, God Almighty who made you and me would deign to come down as a human being to understand what it means to be cut to bleed, to be betrayed. You know, many years ago, there was a a song on the radio that played ad nauseum. 
I mean, I, I just couldn't stand it. Now, if you like this song, I'm sorry. I'm glad you like it. I don't like it. But it played over and over again. And some of you may remember I'm dating myself a little bit, I know. It was a song by Bette Midler called God is Watching Us from a Distance. Do you remember that song? Over and over and over on the radio. Over. God is watching us from a distance. And, and I think the main reason why I don't like that song is because it's theologically wrong. God does not watch us from a distance. If this season tells us anything, it tells us that God is right here with us in the muck of it with us. Understands what, it like, what it's like to bleed, to be cut, to be hurt, to be in pain. He's in the mess of it with us. He understands us. You know, here in the Protestant tradition, when we show the cross, it's always an empty cross because it symbolizes the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And that is very powerful. But I tell you, there are days when I appreciate the faith traditions of other churches that have a crucifix, that has a suffering Jesus on the cross because it reminds me in my suffering that God is suffering with me. And understands me and my pain. You see, the cross has two sides. Our redemption and God's understanding. And I know for some of you today, you need that side of the cross to know that God will not let you suffer alone. But most of all, God, He can redeem your suffering. You can have hope today. Because God understands you. But I tell you this, you can also have hope today because what this season really means is that God is with us. That's what Emmanuel means, doesn't it? God with us. Have you ever thought and reflected on the profound idea of that God with us? You see, it's not only that God understands us, church. It's that God is with us providing us strength beyond ourselves and wisdom beyond ourselves and that God Almighty in Christ can turn our rough times into glory. Jesus Christ was born in the worst situation of all and yet He transformed the world and He can do that for your life. He can rescue you out of your darkness. And if we don't believe that, then why are we here? You know, when I, when I served in, in St. Pete, in Pasadena, we lived in a, a, a huge parsonage right next door to the church. Now, we didn't live there for long because you can imagine living in a parsonage next door to the church. We had a lot of visitors. That was a lot of fun. But anyway, that's another sermon. I could tell you stories. But at, at that parsonage, there was a huge, humongous screened-in porch. I mean, it was humongous. And back then, we had a Jack Russell Terrier by the name of PJ, which means pride and joy. Isn't that cute? Say, aw, I know, it was cute. Pride and joy. Who lived for 18 years. Can you believe it? That was the craziest dog in the history of dogs. I mean, a couple times I tried to perform an exorcism on that dog. It just didn't work. They can't be trained, those Jack Russells. So I had to take her out before bed one night. And I let her outside the screened-in porch. And as I was waiting for her to do her business, all of a sudden I hear this flutter behind me. And I look 
behind me and there's a screech owl just staring at me. I'm like, how in the world did this thing get in here? And then it dawned on me that our screened-in porch always had one door that was that was open. It was always open. So I realized that it flew in through that door, but in the night it couldn't find that open door again, so it was stuck. And so I don't know if you knew this about me, but I'm an owl whisperer. I really am. I know how to speak owl. And so, you know, I, I pointed to the open door and I went, eh. Eh, eh, eh. He just looked at me. And then I went over to the open door and I went, Ooh, ooh, ooh. Just stared at me. And then I realized it was dark, so I turned on the light and I went, Aha, aha, aha. Just stared at me. And finally, I just gave up. PJ came in, I went upstairs, you know, we preachers are always thinking, and I thought to myself, well, this will preach. The only way I could rescue that owl is to become an owl myself and show it the way home. And isn't that what God and Jesus Christ has done for us? Became one of us. To show us the way home. You know, Frederick Buechner said something very profound about Advent and Christmas. I rarely like to read quotes to you, but this is so powerful. Listen to this. Once we have seen God in a stable, we can never be sure where God will appear. Or to what ludicrous depths of self-humiliation he will descend in the wild pursuit of each of us. If the awesome power and majesty of God were present in this birth of a peasant's child, then there is no place so lowly or earthbound that God cannot be present there too. And this means there is no place we can go where God cannot find us. You know, folks, it took me a long time to learn what Advent truly means in just a statement. But for me, just kind of sums up the sermon I could have said at the beginning and sat down. Sorry about that, but here it is. Advent and Christmas means that God refuses to be God without us. How do I know that? Because God cares about us. God understands us, and God is with us. And don't you ever forget it. Let's pray. Oh, God Almighty, there's a reason, indeed, there is a reason why this year, this time of year is so special with the lights and the the music. Because you did an unbelievable thing. You put skin on to save us, to show us the way home. And so, Lord, we embrace your saving and loving power again, anew. Bring us home, Lord. Restore what's been broken. Resurrect what's been lost. Lord, make us whole. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.
We thank you so much for worshiping with us on this first Sunday of Advent. We hope it's been a time of meaning and inspiration for you as we uh, embark once again on this uh, most sacred of journeys to Christmas. Receive this benediction. And now may that mind that was in Christ Jesus be in you also. May the love of God, our Heavenly Father, abide with you this day and throughout this week. May the guidance and power of the Holy Spirit fall fresh upon you. And the faith and fellowship of all true disciples of Jesus Christ go with you and sustain you, both now and forevermore. Amen.